1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts.
0: Here we go, one more time. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because it's a big week. It's a big week in wrestling. Why? Because... Total Divas is back Season 28 of Total Divas Premieres this week And I can't wait I'm kidding Although, you know I can't make fun of Total Divas I watch I've seen every episode of Total Divas I absolutely watch Total Divas And any wrestling fan That says they can't watch it Look I get First of all The criticisms I've heard of Total Divas Are unfounded Okay like, people in wrestling that don't watch it, generally speaking, they don't watch it because it's too fake. Okay, we've all been watching wrestling for how long? Just enjoy the show for what it is. How can we train ourselves to enjoy wrestling for what it is, but we can't do it for uh, female-oriented reality shows? I'll never understand. But to get to watch the behind-the-scenes footage, you get to see all your favorite wrestlers, you get to see Jim the Anvil Nightheart, why wouldn't you watch I'll be watching, but that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because this Sunday, teams of five strive to survive. It's the Thanksgiving tradition, the Survivor Series. It really, they've done such a great job. It bothered me for years that Survivor Series is not the event it once was. I think, uh, you know, I, I remember going... To the 1996 Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden, that was with uh, Undertaker versus Mankind with Paul Bearer in a cage. The first Steve Austin versus Bret Hart match. Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid, where Psycho Sid shocked the world. ...well, was shocked me anyway, and won the title. Uh, it was, uh, and then a few bunch of Survivor Series matches that involved the debuts, not only of The Rock, but an even bigger deal, Doug Furnas and Phil LaFon. And Flash Funk. It was a giant show. Stalker Barry Windham was there. Um, but that was a great Survivor Series. There just haven't been that many great ones. Then, of course, 97 was the Montreal Screwjob, which will go down in infamy forever. 98 Survivor Series was Deadly Games. That was the uh, 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 the world t- 16-man world title one-night tournament. I loved that Survivor Series just because of the stories that got told. But as we drift into the 2000s, specifically post-Alliance 2000s. Survivor Series has not been the show that it once was. It certainly isn't treated, generally speaking, like one of the big four shows. Uh, you know, you've got a, a few instances where, like, the last time they did Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden, it was The Return of the Rock, where it was The Rock and John Cena versus Miz and our truth But that kind of just felt like a tune-up match for what was going to be WrestleMania. You know, it was just like, let's let's... Warm the rock up a little bit. It wasn't this giant deal. Oh, Lila, do you disagree? You're just going to squeak the toy the whole time I'm I'm doing the show. Um, but this year it's different. This year, and I think it's because of the. I know you can hear that. It's really unprofessional. That's Lila Garrity. She's a dog, and she doesn't understand what we're doing here. Which well, doesn't she didn't get the importance of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I know you do. I do. This year is different, though. The way it's been built, and part of that is because of the brand split. Getting to see... This is the real... I mean, this is what bragging rights probably always should have been. I'm The, the, the war, the competition that has been built between Raw and SmackDown, and that is because of this pay-per-view, that is because of the choice of general managers. We'll get into all that, actually, in the state of wrestling. But they've done a great job of building this show into feeling like it is one of four giant shows a year. And uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. I think it's it's not... It's not gonna... I don't think it'll disappoint. I don't think so. I, I, I feel like it won't be as long as SummerSlam was. And I think it'll be a little more organized than SummerSlam. I'll tell you why. We'll get into all that in the state of wrestling. But also this weekend. And uh, Survivor Series has gotten pushed so much that NXT TakeOver, Toronto, I think, has not gotten the the uh the views the shine that generally Takeover specials get i like the idea that now they're going to i would assume they're going to do a takeover alongside each of the big 4 pay-per-views i think that that's a that's a good way to to make a weekend out of it i think that's a good use of the takeovers i think you know you've got this narrative where every time Royal Rumble WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series—you'll have the NXT guys going out there and trying to steal the show from the big pay-per-view, which I, I think is all good. And then the discussion starts: oh, which show was better? Which show was better? It's—it's I, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer to do this. Um, but NXT is in a weird place, and I'm really interested in this. Stop squeaking the toy, Lila. She doesn't listen to me. I'm really interested in how this. Weeks this 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 takeover uh, pans out mainly because we haven't really seen a takeover like this before in the sense that NXT is really in a different place. NXT is not even sort of developmental. You don't watch NXT thinking one day these guys will be on the main roster. You hope, I mean, I I really hope Nakamura gets to the main roster. You hope maybe Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode. Roderick Strong. You hope these guys are going to get to the main roster. But really the only guy left in the promotion that I can think of, and I might be forgetting people and I apologize, but Ty Dillinger is really the only person left from that class of people that were who's going to be next, who's going to be next on the main roster. Um, Other than that, it's kind of a, a, a touring... Super Indie Small Promotion. And there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, it's just interesting to, to think about, and it's going to make for an interesting show. Uh, I, you know, we, we could, I, I figure we'll talk so much about the upcoming Survivor Series pay-per-view in State of Wrestling that I would dedicate our interview segment this week to the TakeOver show, to NXT, because I'm a fan of NXT, and I think it deserves to be spotlighted a little bit, and... I thought, who better on the NXT roster, especially at this takeover show, to talk about it than a guy who has been in the wrestling business for a long time, but I have never spoken to on the record or off the record. There are guys that I haven't had on the podcast yet that I've certainly had conversations with off the air, but this guy I've never met. I've never spoken to him. This is our very first conversation and his name is Bobby Roode, glorious Bobby Roode. Uh, when I found out I had the opportunity to talk to him, I said, yes, of course, this will be perfect. This is who I want to talk to about this show because there's, there's a lot of questions that I have for him. Um, a lot of questions about transitioning from TNA to NXT, uh, where NXT is at right now, uh, going into TakeOver. Ty Dillinger, of course, a topic of conversation. Uh, James Storm, what to make of James Storm. So much to talk about. So earlier this week, uh, I sat down and got a chance to talk to Bobby Roode about TakeOver that is coming up this weekend. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the interview that makes this week's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Uh, Instead of the normal interview production, I thought it only right that we go with this. Bobby Roode, welcome. Hey, Sam, how are you? Good. How are you doing, man?
1: Good, man. Good.
0: How's life? Like, how you've been? You know, wrestling for so long, but to for for you to have the career that you've had to now be injected into kind of the WWE NXT lifestyle. Is there any one specific thing that's been most kind of different or surprising about the way things are done for you now?
1: it's just been uh it's been an incredible experience been a glorious experience uh <laughs> if I might add i mean it just uh it's just a different animal the wwe and and you know you hear things prior of course coming to the company you know whether it's negative whether it's positive depending on who it's coming from you know you really i think for me it was one of those things that you had to personally experience it and and, and kind of see it for yourself and i can honestly say from the time I walked through the doors uh, at WrestleMania in Dallas when I flew down there for my first time and kind of met with some people and talked. Um, it's it's just been an incredible experience. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. You know, uh, I started in June on the download tour in, over in England and, you know, made my TV de- TV debut and, and basically in Brooklyn at TakeOver. And, you know, I still think about back to that night in Brooklyn like when my music hit the entrance to whole, that whole night has just uh is a very memorable moment so here I am today you know tomorrow I'm flying to New York and, and NXT has a show at Madison Square Garden you know the next night we go to Boston and then I fly home to Toronto and then of course NXT Toronto NXT take over Toronto is Saturday night and um, you know it's just a very exciting time it's just been a, it's
0: been a great experience is there any part of you that feels like uh You wish you had done this sooner? Like, oh, if I'd known that this was going on over here, or do you think that you needed to be where you're at right now to really benefit from this?
1: I think that everything in life, not just in sports entertainment, happens for a reason. So, um, you know, I had a great career before WWE. I really did, and and I'm very fortunate for the opportunities that I had and, and the guys that I was able to work with. Um, and really got a chance to go out and, and do what I love to do and make a name for myself and then bring that experience to the WWE and bring it to, to, bring it to NXT and kind of be TV-ready, I guess you could say, and be, be ready to be put in that, in that position. Who, who knows if, if earlier I would have been able to, to be in the position that I am and, and be able to, to hang in there. So um, yeah, I have passion for what I do. Again, near the end of my TNA career, I started to lose that passion. Um, but the WWE is, has rejuvenated that, that to a thousand degrees. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to getting in the ring, and obviously this weekend is such a big weekend for me personally.
0: Absolutely. What was that like, though? I mean, was the passion gone so far? Because I, I was thinking about like you and Eric Young leaving TNA at the same time, and you guys were two of the people that, I mean, pretty your entire careers had been built there. Is that a scary thing to say, you know what, this really is the moment? Like... My passion really is gone, and I know this is like maybe you and Eric more than just about anybody else. That's your home to to yeah. to leave. Is that a scary thing?
1: It was scary. It was it was it was a little bit nerve wracking. I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, I'm not sure if I'm a guy that loves change. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very uh, I guess you could say comfortable doing what I was doing there for a long time. and Obviously, the WWE is is the be-all, end-all of sports entertainment, and the opportunities that it presents for a lot of individuals is something that I got into the business for in the first place almost 20 years ago. So um, there's a lot of things on my bucket list that I want to do in my career, and the only place that I could possibly achieve those is being a part of the WWE. So it was a risk. I didn't know uh, what was going to happen when I left. I really didn't. I mean, I, I thought maybe I could go to Japan and work, uh, if if it didn't work out anywhere else. I, I, like I said, I, at the time, I just, I didn't love doing what I was doing, so I didn't know where I was. I was just in a point in my life where I just had to go home and kind of sit and figure out really what I wanted to do. And thankfully, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to the WWE, and they flew me down to Dallas WrestleMania weekend and got a chance to talk to some pretty important people and got a chance to meet some of the guys and just kind of take in what the WWE is all about and, immediately i just knew at that point that i need to be a part
0: of it all yeah i mean i was at that show in the NXT show out mm-hmm. there in, in in texas and like i i can only imagine for a uh, sports entertainer or a wrestler whatever you want to call it watching that show there's no way you could not want to be a part of that that was that was nakamura coming in that was mm-hmm. and it and it was kind of like this old guard new guard transitional show do you yeah. Do you go there and what talk to some of the people in charge in Triple H and just kind of take them at their word for, here's what we want to do, if Bobby Roode were here, right. this is what we would want to do with Bobby Roode, this is how we would want to use you, and, 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 and is that? are those the conversations?
1: No, it was basically, uh, you know, uh, before I got down to, to, to WrestleMania weekend, I had a conversation on the phone with Triple H. and you know, obviously I've been around for a long time. I'm yeah. not a spring, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You know, so obviously my age was a bit of a concern. He wanted to know kind of what I was looking to do and what I was looking to do when I was finishing up. And, uh, you know, if I was had to hang up my boots, what would my next thing be? You know, why would, you know, just all kinds of different questions. It's really kind of getting to know each other because even though we've been in the same business, we've never really had to never really talk to each other. So we really don't know each other on a personal level. So we had a really good talk. Um, you know and then at the end of it you know i basically told him like i've been around for a while and you know i just i just i want an opportunity you know basically and and that's all i'm looking for is just bring me in have a look at me give me the opportunity to do what i've been doing and 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 see what you think and he gave me that opportunity and i've been grateful for it because you know obviously you know whatever i did has 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 uh has been good because you know here I am, you know days away from another NXT Takeover event and being in my hometown and I can, you know NXT Takeover Brooklyn or NXT Takeover Dallas was was amazing, NXT Takeover Brooklyn was amazing and I can uh, it, they just keep in my mind they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, um, you know they're on par with the main roster pay per views. You know I think that. The takeover in Brooklyn was just as good, if not better, than SummerSlam. So, I mean, we always try to raise the bar at the NXT locker room. So this this Saturday night, we're going to try to outdo Survivor Series. So it's going to be it's just it's just fun being a part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and to have that energy, I'm sure, around yeah. you when you hear the music for the first time and the, and the idea whose word. Who thought of the word "glorious"? Like that, you know that that would be on the back of your jack of robe. That that would be that big part of the music. Is that a word that that you thought of? Is that a word that got thrown at you?
1: Um, it kind of just it was just the song. Yeah, the, the the whole so the story behind the song is um, you know I talked to Triple H kind of a little bit about what I kind of wanted to do uh, at NXT as far as character on TV stuff and how I wanted to be betrayed and. And he had some ideas so we kind of collaborated and and you know i told him i wanted to go back to wearing the robes and kind of being you know that character that i was before i felt really comfortable doing it mm-hmm. i felt like I, I could do a really good job of it here with the guys at, at nxt and, and and you know he gave me this song and i listened to the song and we agreed on it uh so i thought i had this music and then i get the tv uh this is before i even debuted but i'm on tv and um they're like, oh, hunter wants you to listen to a, a different song uh the song was created for somebody else but we didn't use it and he thinks it's a little more regal uh a little more you know character driven towards what you're looking to do so there i am at ringside and i put the headphones on in this glorious song plays, <laughs> and you know it's it's like night and day compared to what i picked out like five days before this so right. You know, I'm standing there with Triple H, I'm standing there with Neil Law, who is, uh, you know, the the music guy for WWE. And I'm standing there with Michael Hayes, who is like a creative genius. And, and, and you know the history of Michael Hayes and, and his his love for music and his character when he was when he was a sports entertainer. So there I am with these three guys, and I'm listening to a song, and I'm thinking, okay, this is totally different than what I have. But you know what? If they love it, then so do I. So I gave it a whirl, and it was the best thing that I could have ever done because. Uh, the song was number one on iTunes uh, right after my debut in, in Brooklyn. So, um, and it's still catching fire, and people love it. So, um, yeah, I had a I had a girl
0: in in studio, Justina Valentine, freestyling over it. I saw it. I saw it, <laughs>
1: so yeah, it was pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she didn't even know who Bobby Roode was. I just gave her a couple like uh, keywords and said, "No, you got to go. You got to feel the music. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's all explained in the yeah. song,
1: right." yeah no it's uh the, it, that's just it man like the the entrance kind of goes with the song or or vice versa i don't know i mean you listen to the song and i knew when i was listening to the song i remember being on the airplane um on the way to to brooklyn and i was thinking okay like i gotta do this song justice somehow <laughs> so you know I, I had some things in mind and of course they had the creative people at wv for the for the entrance to brooklyn had some ideas in mind as well so uh, it was just it, there was no better way to start. We set the bar really high that night, and uh, i 'm hoping that we can raise the bar a little higher in Toronto
0: right and so is that is this your expectation now like do you do you in order to feel fulfilled, do you need Toronto to all be singing the song the way I mean everybody the entire it was the Barclay Center it wasn 't a small building, and Good. everybody is singing along to this song that by the way, if done incorrectly would just be a cheese ball song. You know what I mean? That It's either, it's right. going one of two directions and it yeah. went 100% in the right direction. Do you need Toronto to, to 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 sing like that in order to feel like, okay, we're still moving in the right direction?
1: Um, well, I, I, I think so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I think that we're moving in the right direction. I mean, every lovely Me live event I've been on, um, you know, it, and I don't even know if people even, uh, you know, obviously, I, I play the character that I play and I'm in the ring with guys that, people love you know to cheer and i'm just they sing my song and then and they they love the entrance but i think that's all that they can i mean my in-ring stuff is secondary but that's you know that's cool after being in, in you know in the ring for 17 years and, and and doing what i've been doing and and you know being able to add another layer to your character and and, and that's the easy part is the character stuff. I mean, that song hits and the people react to it. That's what you want as a performer is a reaction. And whether they're they're booing you or whether they're cheering you or whether 15,000 people are singing your song as you walk down the aisle, that's what you, that's what you live for. That's what you perform for. So um, I'm thinking that the Air Canada center is going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit louder than the Barclays center. So, uh, (laughs) you know, so I, 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 I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and now all you have to do is live up to it, Canada. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> uh, how did How did James Storm react to you leaving? Because I feel like you know he popped up in NXT for a couple of uh, a spot or two here and there. He ends up re-signing with TNA. They end up putting you guys back together as a tag team, and then you know it seemed like a month or two later. Now you're gone, and he's like, "Whoa, what did I come back for? How did he How did he react to that?
1: honestly james and i haven't talked since i left
0: oh wow uh
1: you know so we've always you know even when we were a tag team together we've always kind of done our own thing and i think that's what made us special at the time was you know we were two different guys we never really hung out a ton Mm -hmm. but we were able to go out there and create magic together um so you know honestly i don't know i mean everybody everybody in this business you kind of got to look out for yourself and I just wasn't happy anymore, and uh, you know I, I had a chance to to leave my contract was up. I really needed I didn't know if I was going to come back one day. I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know even know if I wanted to wrestle again. Um, so I mean uh, you know James has, has been successful on his own in the past and, and I'm sure he'll continue to be successful in his career.
0: Um, was there anybody in NXT or WWE that you saw, whether it be a Samoa Joe or somebody like that that you saw? come over it was kind of unsure cuz when Samoa Joe is a good example when Samoa Joe came over the question was always you know will he be treated the way we think he should be treated at, at the optimal level and people were skeptical of that was there anybody specifically that you saw make the transition from any organization over to NXT and WWE that made you say yeah this is this is doable and I I have a place here
1: yeah, on Joe, obviously, because yeah. I know Joe on a personal level and worked with Joe for many years. So, um, you know, when Joe came over, uh, you know, I spoke to Joe uh, days before he, he, he came to NXT, and, um, you know, he didn't really know what was going to happen either. Like me, he just wanted an opportunity and, and kind of like a fresh start, you know, to be rejuvenated, and he got that. And obviously, Joe is super talented and got a very unique uh, competitor. So, he gave NXT something different. He gave the NXT fans something different. He had a he had a, a fan following already, which is uh, you know a huge plus to start with. So, um, you know, I seen Joe. I seen him go there. I seen the success that he had immediately. I saw a guy like Finn Balor too, yeah. who I had a chance to get to know in Japan uh, when I went over there for some short tours with, uh, with uh, New Japan. So um, I knew how talented he was as well. And when he got to, to NXT, to WWE, they They, you know, they used his talents and that he became a a superstar. So I knew that if I wanted to to be the superstar that I knew that I think that I could be, that I had to go there and I think I would have had to give, you know, obviously get an opportunity to prove myself. And they've given me that opportunity and I hope to continue to to impress.
0: Are you happy that Ty Dillinger is the guy that you have at TakeOver this Saturday? Because I feel like Ty Dillinger is like the unsung hero. Of NXT right now, he's just he's just so good, you know.
1: Yeah, he is, and and I couldn't. uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, when you think about the situation, you know, when you think about uh, you know being at the Air Canada Center, I know Ty is an Ontario guy, grew up, um, you know, very close by me. Um, Did the independent scene all throughout Ontario, Uh, you know, paid his dues, Uh, has been in NXT for a long time, been a part of the WWE on a couple different occasions actually and uh you know uh, getting his opportunity to perform in Toronto and on on such a big stage and to be in there with him uh, that's the perfect 10 character itself yeah. whenever you'd be able to get in there like with the glorious character the perfect 10 character the fan reactions itself were, you know taking not even thinking about Toronto the, the fan reactions you would get anywhere in the world with those two characters now Place that in Toronto, in our hometown, in front of the Canadian fans. I think it's just going to be an amazing moment, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to tearing the house down with them.
0: Well, and and you don't you don't uh, you just do the the road shows and the pay per views and stuff like that. You're not at the performance center every day, right? Correct. Uh, is that is that at all different? Because that that makes it a little less. Or do you prefer that? Because I guess I'm sure you must prefer it. Because I would imagine the other way would be more of a complete lifestyle shift then right. yeah
1: yeah uh it's uh, you know i kind of get the best of both worlds i was just actually down in orlando uh last week i was down there wednesday thursday at the performance center and then friday saturday did the, the florida live event so um about once a month i'll go down there and oh, okay. usually I'll, I'll try to surround it around the, the television tapings in orlando so i'll go down there and i'll spend a, a day or two at the pc and uh you know do the tvs and then the live events in the florida area if we don't have uh out of state um traveling shows um i'll stay down there and work but uh you know nxt is, is a hot brand man it's a, it's really picking up we're on the road all the time december 1st uh we take off after we do tv we go down to, we go to japan and then we take off and we do a tour of australia we're gone for like two and a half weeks and come back to the states and finish up in uh in Vegas on the 17th of December, so our schedule is getting crazy, and and the brand itself has been taking off, and it's just really fun to be a part of it.
0: Well, that's awesome, man, and it's fun to see, and it's fun to watch you succeed and be such a a big part of this incarnation of what NXT has become. Uh, Everybody watch uh, NXT TakeOver, of course, on WWE Network on Saturday night. Uh, and I mean, you know, whenever NXT is coming to your town, go to the shows. I've been to a bunch. I'll be at the Garden this week, so uh, cool. I'm excited about it, man. And it's uh, it's exciting to 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 watch this phase of your career. It's great.
1: Thank you very much. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and like I said, uh, I feel really rejuvenated in my career, and I feel like uh, I got a lot of life left here. So hopefully, yeah. bigger bigger and better things are yet to come.
0: Awesome, man. Hopefully, I'll talk to you in person soon. Uh, appreciate All it, right. buddy. All right, thanks, Sam. Here is Sam Roberts. My wife just got home, so she should take care of Lila. Thank you to Bobby Roode, she probably won't, for uh, for doing the show. I'm very excited for the Ty Dillinger match. I'm excited to see what the entrance is like. I honestly, I don't think there's any reason to concern uh, whether or not the Canadian audience is going to be singing along with that glorious song. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. Uh, You know... All these events were sold out very, very quickly. So if you want to go to Survivor Series, if you want to go to TakeOver, whatever it is, you're going to have to pay scalpers a whole bunch of money. How are you going to get all that money? Well, how are you getting to Survivor Series? You're probably taking your car, right? Guess what? You can use that car to make some money. You don't need to get one of these crummy extra jobs. You know, those little side jobs that you get? They're the worst and they don't even pay well. You don't need any of those. Why? Because you already got a car. So instead of putting money into the car, get some money out of it. How do you do that? Uber, baby. Uber is the ultimate side hustle. Driving with Uber is a new way you can earn extra cash whenever you want. It's not just another one of these jobs. That's right, Al Snow. It's a totally flexible way to earn. You can turn it off and on just like your car. If you have a few spare hours here or there, drive with Uber. People are going to need rides after Survivor Series. Show up to that arena, turn Uber on. Boom. Bucks, baby. Have you ever wanted to be your own boss? I bet you'd make a great boss. Uh, I bet you'd make a legit boss. Drive with Uber and you're going to be your own legit boss. If you're driving right now, you should be earning money for it. I do it, but I can't record and drive at the same time. I'm a single-minded person. Every day is a payday when you drive with Uber because you can cash out anytime with instant pay. With access to instant pay, cash out your earnings up to five times a day. No minimum amount required. You can just keep taking dough out, and it's yours. Listen, if you enjoy earning extra cash, uh, if there's something special you want to buy, your car can start to make you money. Go ahead. Get your side hustle on. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to uber.com slash drive now. That's uber.com slash drive now. U-B-E-R dot com slash drive now. I would like to say there are a couple of show-related news items that I want to... I'll tell you what. One I think is a big enough deal that I'm going to save for the state of wrestling. Uh, The other one I'll tell you right now, man, you know, I get home Monday afternoon before Raw... And uh, I'm getting a couple tweets uh, pointing me towards Stephanie McMahon, the billionaire princess's Twitter account. And I go, what's this all about? And I look at it and I notice that Stephanie has this tweet posted to her account. And it is uh, directed towards Skylar Aston. You remember Skylar Aston? He was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. And he and he told us all about the uh, the wrestling figure collection he lost. Well, she tweeted at Skylar Aston, "Heard you lost your WWE action figure collection years ago. Keep an eye out for a special delivery from WWE coming your way." Stephanie McMahon proving herself a regular Sam Roberts wrestling podcast listener. Who would have thought? Stephanie McMahon sitting there in Titan Towers listening ...to old episodes and just being like, oh, I didn't know that about Skylar Aston. Let me send him a whole bunch of toys. Man, oh, man. I wonder what you thought of the Cody Rhodes episode. I wonder, uh, I hope Bobby Roode didn't say anything that's going to get himself in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, pro wrestling people, anybody in the industry that listens to this podcast... We've got concrete evidence Skylar Aston came on this podcast And told a story about losing his action figure collection He assured me That he has never told that story publicly before He, all, I mean he hasn't done any other wrestling podcasts He's my wrestling friend He doesn't do other shows You know Stephanie McMahon That story was only told publicly here Stephanie McMahon Is a Sam Roberts Wrestling podcast listener I feel like you know what since Stephanie McMahon is so gracious to send our friend Skylar Aston a, a box of wrestling toys, I feel like I should send her a "Boo the Bad Guys" T-shirt. I should send her a, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast logo and a "Boo the Bad Guys" T-shirt, just so she knows we appreciate her. Because I mean, I appreciate Stephanie McMahon more than most, as a matter of fact. Especially now, now that I know she's a Sam Roberts super fan. Oh man, I'm excited. I am excited Alright Speaking of uh, people that I'm on good terms with State of wrestling time Speaking of Twitter State of wrestling time I have a big announcement to make I Am blocked By one Person Fewer Than I was this time last week Let's get into it State of wrestling I'm going to tell you
1: It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling.
0: All right, welcome to the State of Wrestling. So I'm sitting there. It's dinner. I'm at dinner for my mom's birthday over the weekend. And what am I going to do? Sit around and listen to the same stories over and over again? Watch her oogle my my two-year-old niece? I don't care about any of that. Let everybody get distracted. I got Twitter to keep me company. I got all of you out there listening to me. To keep me company. That's why I love social media. Because it's not like we just have the show to share our time together. You guys tweet me all the time. I read them all. I love it. I look at my uh, my uh, verified tab because I got that blue check mark. And it tells you the activity of the verified people, what they did with you. And I realize I have a new follower. Ladies and gentlemen, as of this week, I have been followed and unblocked by Chris... Jericho. I am friends again with the Ayatollah of rock and rolla. I am the first person to get the news. Sam Roberts, you just got taken off the list. Yes. Yes, I am off the list. Everybody's getting added to the list. I got taken off the list. Chris Jericho and me. Internet friends. We did it, baby. I knew we would get through this. The, the the dawn is always, the light is always darkest before the dawn, like Two-Face said. Me and you, Jericho, we're taking this to the top. It's going to be me, Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho, the best friend squadron for sure. I was so happy when I saw it because honestly, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows like I wanted to have beef with Chris Jericho after he blocked me. Like I wanted to like, you know, be bothered by him and talk about he sucks or whatever. And then it's just unfair. He blocks me and then he starts doing some of the best work of his career. Thank God I'm sitting there. I'm watching Raw this week and I'm chuckling at the scarf stuff that he was doing with Braun Strowman I'm laughing at it it's funny it's so entertaining and he wears the anchor scarf and everything and then Kevin puts it around his neck I'm sitting there laughing at it and I thought to myself thank God thank God I don't have to pretend that I'm upset that he blocked me because in actuality you know block me or not like he's too awesome so I am not on the list I don't know who is But not me, baby. I'm so happy about it. So thank you to Chris Jericho for unblocking me. And uh, I would say that makes us uh, maybe second best friends. Kevin Owens is his best friend. I guess I'm his second best friend. I'm so excited. So I'd also like to say, speaking of friends, I feel bad for Joey Styles. Joey Styles got fired from, uh, what was it, Uh, uh, Evolve, I guess, over the weekend um, for making a Donald Trump joke, you know, grab her by the whatever. Um, And I feel really bad for him. Uh, He came out with a statement. So he makes this Donald Trump joke, even though uh, Gabe and the uh, people in charge of the streaming service told everybody not to make political jokes. They just don't want to get involved in it. And I understand that. You know, I mean, you could say, you know, free speech, man. You should be able to say whatever you want. But if you're a private company and you just don't want to – this is the most polarizing election – since I've been alive, and I'm 33 years old, I've, it's never been this polarizing before. I could understand a company just wanting to stay away from it altogether. I get that. Uh, Joey Styles is one of the good guys. You know what I mean? He's a nice guy. He, he's just he he loves wrestling, uh, and 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 just loves being a part of it. And he, he's he's always treated me very very well. Uh, more better than he has to. You know that's the what I if somebody is treating me better then they really need to. If they're just going out of their way to be a good guy, then you're not going to find me saying bad things about them generally because that's the mark of a good person, I think. Um, and Joey made his, his Donald Trump joke. Uh, he, he made a, a statement. He released it saying that he was kind of stuck in this live moment. He didn't expect to see coming. Uh, he said so Things got changed. He was there with nothing to say, and this is what came out of his mouth. And he knew that that he'd been told not to say that stuff, so he went back, he apologized, and he told them that they should fire him publicly, and that's what they decided to do and I think that's fine i don't I don't blame them for firing him, not because he said something but because he said something that they specifically told him not to. It is what it is, and I think Joey Styles handed it handled it like a man. Uh, and I certainly don't think he's a, a bad person by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I, I just, you know, it, it's a bummer to see it happen. And it's an even bigger bummer to see people try to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, good. Well, he shouldn't have said that. Well, there's no place. Anybody that says there's no place in wrestling for anything, I'll never understand. Wrestling is like comedy, you can make anything work. And if it's done right. You can do absolutely anything. In comedy, you can make a joke about absolutely anything. As long as you do it right. If it's not funny, then yes, you're going to screw it up and you shouldn't be doing it. But you can. it is possible to make literally any subject funny. There is no taboo. There is no topic that people should simply not be talking about. But in wrestling, is the same thing. There is nothing that you can't add to a storyline. There is nothing that shouldn't be a part of pro wrestling unless you don't do it right. So you can't make a a generalization, but if a company says we're not doing this, like I think WWE says the same thing. We're not going to talk about Trump at all on the show. I totally get that. WWE's got a lot of fans that uh, cross a lot of, of different spectrums and really don't want their athletes and don't want themselves Taking a public stance on something that is so polarizing, I, I, I would be the same way if I wasn't in a profession that uh, thrives on opinions. If it was if it, if I was if I was running a sports entertainment promotion, I would be the exact same way. Why get involved? But it's the, it's the choice of the promoter. The promoter said he didn't want it. Joey did it anyway. He's got to fire him. He's got to fire him. But for anybody to go out on social media and like fans or whatever and make it seem like Joey Styles is a bad guy or is a villain or should never work again or blah, blah, blah. Way over the top. That, totally unnecessary and, and silly. Really silly. Uh, so I, I do hope Joey's doing okay. Um, and it's a bummer. It's a bummer to see that happen, but I understand why it did. Uh, let's talk this weekend. Let's talk Survivor Series. First of all, uh, I have to tell you, the, the build to this pay-per-view... Has been fantastic. My gut on this is, I, and I said I would mention at the top of the show, I think that they've, WWE has learned from SummerSlam. I think. That's my instinct. That we're not going to see a five-hour show. I don't think. It's starting at seven. I mean, we could see a four-and-a-half-hour show now that I think about it. But... The point is that, that going into this thing, uh, I think we're a lot more organized and a lot more structured than we were going into SummerSlam. SummerSlam was a little wonky because the draft had happened weeks before. I mean, you, you had no time to establish anything really. You know, So I think that uh, time has been used very, very well in the lead to Survivor Series, and I think you've got the potential because SummerSlam was a great show – mixed with a not-great show. It was just too much. It was like a a double album that could have been a classic single album if you had just trimmed the fat. And people are exhausted, you know? People were sitting there at the Barclay Center five, five and a half hours, no matter what Dolphin Dean did, no matter what anybody... uh, Towards the end, people were exhausted by it because that's what happens with these uh, long shows. Um, But this show and the way it's been built uh, I, I, I think has been... Really, really smart. I will tell you, I was really happy with both shows this week. And it—it's it, 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 maybe it surprised me a little bit, but I thought the ending to Raw was fantastic. The ending to Raw was great. It was really well done. Uh, the SmackDown guys coming in through the crowd was perfect. Uh, they, I thought the blue t-shirts were a good touch. It felt like like like, like, people were competing for their brands. I think that uh, given that the brands have had a few months to establish themselves and given that you've got ultra-competitive Stephanie on one side, and here's the ironic thing. Uh, Raw, the person who's really pushing the competitive of Raw is Stephanie McMahon. And the person who's really pushing the competitive of SmackDown is Daniel Bryan. And this is great. Because we all know the history between Daniel Bryan and Stephanie McMahon. That's who the story is. Shane McMahon, it's going to be awesome to see him wrestle. It's always great when he comes out. But, you know, we watch the show. Daniel Bryan is the guy who every single week, verbally, is fighting for the brand. And Mick Foley's general manager, it works. But he's a nice guy. Mick Foley wants everybody to get along. Mick Foley wants to appreciate everything. Stephanie McMahon is the cutthroat businesswoman. And I think she does a great job portraying that. And 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 those, to me, are the two competitive elements. And they've added so much into creating brand loyalty toward either Raw or SmackDown. They've done a good job of not mixing and matching since the Brock Lesnar-Randy Orton match, not mixing and matching the rosters, not trading and flipping back and forth. You know, Jack Swagger is, like I think, one of the only exceptions. Uh, and, and really, letting the two shows establish what they are, and so I, 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 I got, I did, I got, I got goosebumps. I thought the uh, the Lesnar Goldberg segment, and we'll talk about that match. I thought that segment was great on Raw. That was the end of the second hour, and I thought the end of the third hour, the end of the show, uh, where where there was the Raw and the SmackDown confrontation, fantastic. Fantastic with everybody in the ring and raw dominating, I was fine with. Um, but just, just the, that you felt, it felt real. Like it felt like that we were fighting for something. It felt like a story that I actually cared about seeing. And, and that's important. Uh, it, it really did. It felt like a story that I cared about seeing and I got why it was happening. Uh, um, and then SmackDown was fantastic, too. SmackDown, uh, I mean, and there's no surprise there because SmackDown is on a, sh- a run of, to me, great shows. I fully was uh, captivated by the Dolph Ziggler-Miz match to start SmackDown this week. Uh, I loved the Miz win. Everybody knows I'm a Miz fit from back in the Dizzle. Um, and I was wondering, when I looked at the clock, I was like, Are th- oh, you got to be kidding me with the squeaking. Lila's doing it again. She just gets so excited by the podcast. Um, thank you, Jess. I have to say that I was nervous a little bit. I was like, are they really going to do The Undertaker and Edge in the same segment? Like, that feels like they're just blowing their load. Like, they had all this lined up. But, you know, the, the, the Booker T thing was cute. I enjoyed that. Um, but are they really going to... And, and the way they did it was so effective. So effective. Mainly because... It really sounded like The Undertaker was coming back. Now, here's my theory on The Undertaker. I know that I gave a theory a couple of weeks ago about The Undertaker coming out at Survivor Series and challenging Goldberg and the whole thing. I'm not sure that's going to happen at WrestleMania anymore. I could see it happening at Royal Rumble. I still am not convinced that there won't be an Undertaker-Goldberg match. I don't know that it will happen at WrestleMania. Because The Undertaker, he made his statements clear that he was back. I mean, The Undertaker came out. He said he's not going to be attached to WrestleMania. And he said he's there to take souls and dig holes. Plural. Not just a soul and a hole in March. Not just going to WrestleMania for one soul and one hole. He said he was going and doing multiple souls for with multiple holes. You know? So I think that The the Undertaker could could have a run in him. Now, I think if The Undertaker does have a run in him and he's going to be back, it will probably be his last run. I think that if The Undertaker comes back to active competition, then he will uh, uh, lead to WrestleMania. She's squeaking again. The Undertaker will lead to WrestleMania, and that will be his last. That's what I think will probably happen, and it's a shame. I'd I'd almost rather The Undertaker come out once a year forever than have one solid uh, 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 thing in him, you know, but I I do want to see The Undertaker back. I mean, I was so excited. I was so excited last night when he popped up. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that if he does come back, this will probably be his last WrestleMania, which is a shame, but... Assuming this is his last WrestleMania, you gotta imagine uh he'll go through a bunch of people. I would love to see and and, and the real benefit to the Undertaker coming back for a full fledged run is the matches that you're gonna see. I uh, I think that the, here's what I here's what I would do. If I've got one last run out of the Undertaker, I've got I'm gonna start it after uh uh SmackDown after Survivor series. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'll probably have Team Raw win Survivor Series. And the reason... And I'll do that in such a way where AJ Styles kind of goes for a walkabout. You know, there's something controversial about the way AJ Styles gets eliminated where he wasn't quite there for the team. Because The Undertaker has a major problem with that. And coming out of Survivor Series, I would immediately start an Undertaker-AJ Styles program. Who wouldn't love to see a series of matches between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Now, that gets a little complicated. I might... Maybe you have to wait till after TLC and take the title off AJ. I mean, it's only two weeks. But maybe you have to take the title off AJ, put it on Dean Ambrose, so that AJ can, you know, deal with The Undertaker for a little while. And maybe Dean Ambrose can uh, mess around with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton or something like that. But I would immediately do an AJ Styles Undertaker feud I mean I just think it would be amazing if you're gonna do Undertaker Goldberg you do it at the Rumble it doesn't leave you any time I think you only got TLC and then the Rumble for Smackdown unless there's one in between that I'm not thinking of I don't think there is I think you've got TLC Roadblock and then Royal Rumble which is quick for another big four show but um, I think he's gotta have AJ Styles I think he's gotta have Dean Ambrose And then you give him John Cena at WrestleMania. I think you have, and maybe, you know, yeah, that's what I think you do. I think Undertaker goes from AJ Styles to Dean Ambrose to the face that runs the place. And WrestleMania 33 is headlined by The Undertaker versus John Cena. And I, I don't mind jobbing uh, uh, AJ Styles out and Dean Ambrose out to The Undertaker. You've got to build this guy to be really, really strong. And The Undertaker needs to go out there and not say, I'm going to go into WrestleMania. The Undertaker needs to go out there and say, I've got a lot left in me. But if I can't beat John Cena, I'll retire. And John Cena goes into WrestleMania and obviously retires The Undertaker. I think that's the way to do it. And I think that a victory... Uh, Undertaker's got his one defeat at WrestleMania, yes. But the point of this run will be to take WrestleMania away from the Undertaker, to make the Undertaker not just about WrestleMania so that a victory against the Undertaker means just as much. I would have the Undertaker wrestle many matches between now and WrestleMania. You know, every now and then on SmackDown, all the pay-per-views. Undertaker cannot lose a match between now and WrestleMania. Undertaker needs to win all of his matches. Then bring in John Cena for WrestleMania, then have John Cena beat The Undertaker. If that's what you're doing, if you're bringing him back for a run, if he's not just coming in for WrestleMania, then that's the best way to use The Undertaker. And then The Undertaker uh, rides off into the sunset. And I I think it'd be a, a remarkable show. I mean, you headline, you make that your last match Undertaker versus John Cena. Maybe you could do career versus career. Maybe I don't even know if you need to. Because I think I, I, people will probably figure out what's going to happen. But I, I think that John Cena will pull off a match with The Undertaker that is, could be on par with the Shawn Michaels match. Maybe below. But it'll be in The Undertaker's top five matches for sure. I mean, John Cena has the ability to pull off a match that's that good. So that's what I think. I think SmackDown Live... Should lose at Survivor Series, and the Undertaker should blame AJ Styles for the loss. I would think that's the way to do it. Uh, you could do Randy Orton. I just there's a, it's just an Undertaker AJ Styles feud to me. is just such an attractive thing. It's a I, just think about the match. It's just so cool. Um, I think uh, Team Raw will also win the uh, women's match. Yeah, I think that Charlotte. Maybe maybe Charlotte and Sasha are the two survivors on Team Raw. I think that'd be great, and and, and you know you could start teasing towards a partnership between Sar- Charlotte and Sasha, but I think you take Bailey, Nia Jax, Alicia Fox. You can have them eliminated, and uh, and then yeah, Charlotte and Sasha eliminate Team SmackDown. I think that's the way to do it, and then Team SmackDown should win the uh, the tag team match. Uh, I would put, you know, if it was me, I would have American Alpha as the sole surviving tag team. You know, Heath Slater and Rhino, they've got the titles, that's fine. Hype Bros, Brizango, Usos, all fine. But I think that Survivor Series could be a moment for American Alpha to really step out and really show the world something cool. And uh, them, as the final survivors of that match, uh, would be great. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of Team Raw will probably survive. I don't think you're looking at a sole survivor in that match. Uh, SmackDown also wins the Cruiserweights. That's pretty obvious since 205 Live is going to be on Tuesdays. Um, so Kalisto wins the championship. Uh, Miz keeps his title. So you've got a SmackDown win with the Miz. You've got a SmackDown win with... The cruiserweights, you got a SmackDown win with the tag teams. You've got a Raw win with the women. You've got a Raw win with the men. The question on everybody's mind is what is going to happen between Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg? Uh, I, I think that the buildup for this match has been fantastic. Uh, I think that the segment on Raw on Monday was a really great segment. Goldberg looked like he was in great shape. Uh, it felt real. It felt cool. Um, and it made me... Want to watch the match for sure? I'm excited to see it. And here's the thing: I don't know if Goldberg on what level Goldberg can go. He's obviously in really good shape. It's not like he hasn't been in a ring. Okay, WWE is not putting Bill Goldberg in a ring for the first time at Survivor Series. I'm sure he's in either Orlando or Stanford, and he's getting in a ring. You know, so he's so he's ready for this match. That said, even if he's not, Brock Lesnar can just throw him around for a while. You don't need to be able to pull out all the stops in a Brock Lesnar match. You just need to be an able-bodied person that Brock Lesnar can put through the ringer. You know, you just need to be able to be a person that can handle the onslaught that Brock Lesnar puts out. Um... And I think that, uh, that uh, Bill Goldberg can play that role. And we saw him do a jackhammer. We saw him spear. He's able to do his moves. He didn't have that many moves when he was wrestling. So I, I, I'm optimistic about the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match. It's such a headliner. Um, I, <clears throat> I think it will probably headline the show. I think it will probably go on last. I would love to see it not go on last. I would love to see the Team Raw men versus Team SmackDown men go on last just because that's the match that really is going to push the the storylines further. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Goldberg and Brock Lesnar go on last. And I guess I'd be fine. I, you know, It's not going to kill me. To see them go on last. I would just rather... I never love when part-timers go on last. It's just... If it's not going to further things... I think the match that goes on last should always further a storyline. Whatever ends the pay-per-view should lead into what happens next. And For instance, Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton being the last match at SummerSlam. I get why you would do it. But when you turn on TV... On Monday or Tuesday, that's not really being furthered. So that, to me, is is that that that's a sticking point to me, and it's it's more of a pet peeve than anything else. But for the sake of the show, I would fully understand why that match would go on last, and 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 if it does, that's fine. Uh, so it's looking good, and Mick Foley was right about uh, there being something special in the air for Survivor Series. I loved. I and as a, uh, I'm sure it's not going to surprise you guys because you guys know what a big SmackDown uh, uh, talking smack fan I am. I thought State of the WWE Universe was great. Uh, obviously, they borrowed the title from my podcast again. Stephanie McMahon, being a huge fan, I she can use anything that I do on my podcast anytime she wants. She's an amazing woman, uh, but I, I loved it because and and you know the debate rages on. Whether it was real, why do people think it's real, it was obviously scripted to seem real, and blah, blah, blah. There's no reason to have a conversation about whether or not something is real or fake in wrestling. Like, we all watch together. It's a show. Nobody's sitting there going like, why are you saying Glenn on The Walking Dead is dead? He's not dead. He's an actor. I saw him in another project. Like, nobody talks like that. When you watch Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick, you're not sitting there going like, Glenn's not dead. He's got a movie coming out this spring. You're talking about the characters, and you're talking about the show, and you're talking about how the show makes you feel. And at the end of the day, the tension that was going on during the state of the WWE universe uh, between Mick and Stephanie and Shane and uh, Daniel Bryan felt real. The tension felt real. I think Daniel Bryan does uh, uh, go off the cuff quite a bit. You know, I think he likes to argue. I think he likes to, to, to fight a little bit, and I like to, I'm like i entertained by that. You know, it's a man after my own heart, um, and I think he's a tough guy to argue with. And, and in that respect, you know, I, think it's, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's scripted. I don't think they're sitting there going, okay, and this is when you take a shot at Mick and tell him he quit and went to TNA. Like, I have a tough time believing that that was written in a script by somebody. Maybe it was, and if it was, great, Awesome. Because I watched that and it was awkward and tension-filled and felt real. And at the end of the day, it made me want to watch the show more. Because it felt like you're fighting for something that's real. That's what it's all about. It allows you to suspend disbelief. Because in an age where a wrestler will come to the ring and he will be booed for the creative that is going behind his character he'll be booed the writers are the ones getting booed you know wrestling fans are this era of wrestling fans are booing behind the scenes decisions not the actual storytelling that's going on in front of them so what do we do to suspend disbelief what do we do to create tension we make it feel real and uncomfortable we make it seem like the fourth wall is being broken we make it seem like Daniel Bryan really does have a problem with The Miz, really does have a problem with the things McFoley said. Really like all this stuff. And we give this feeling where if you're watching this, you think to yourself, man, I know they're all friends, but that's probably uncomfortable right now. That's all you can do. That's all you can do as a show in in, a, in an era where fans are so aware of what goes into it is, okay... All right. You know, if all we're going to do is talk about the real, you know, behind the scenes stuff, let's make it seem like the behind the scenes is uncomfortable. And maybe it is, right? How are we going to make it seem like the behind the scenes is uncomfortable? Well, we can, let's make it uncomfortable. And I'm all for it, man. I love it. I love that stuff. I say make everything in life uncomfortable. Let's do it. Let's mix it up. That's how people stay honest. Um, so so I thought that was great. Um. That's the same reason I love talking smack every week because it comes across as real. It feels real, it feels as real as uh, as that chipped tooth that Nikki Bella got. Man, I'll never understand any disrespect for Nikki Bella. She she uh, puts it out there. She got kicked in the face, had her tooth knocked out of her mouth, and she comes on talking smack, smiling like the most beautiful version of Cactus Jack you've ever seen. Smiling about it. There's no like, oh my God, I can't believe I said this. Don't you know I have a career outside of this? Don't you know I have an E! show? No. She's like, oh my God, I chipped a tooth. I got to go on talking smack with my mouth looking like this because that's what a wrestler does, a sports entertainer, whatever you want to call it. That's what a performer does who's dedicated to it. And that should be a lesson. Anybody that's uh, uh, sitting there right because Nikki Bella could easily say like oh I don't want to go on TV with a chipped tooth because I have a career outside of my career that I have right now that's that's a that's a that's a more think less do mentality and nobody is ever successful that thinks like that if you're out there and you're doing something with your job but you don't want it to be public because just in case the next job sees it you're doing it wrong and you're not going to get the next job you know own what you're doing now and embrace it And it will embrace you back. And that's what's going on with Nikki Bella. That's what she did. She embraced what's going on right now. And all that people are going to do is embrace her for it. Nobody's going to sit there and be like, oh, you know, I used to think she was hot. But she's got that chipped tooth. now." I don't even think that that's real. There's a cap on her tooth. No, they're going to be like, she is super badass and she's dedicated to this. Also, she puts a cap on her front tooth and she's still the hottest chick in the world. So what's the problem? You know, I had a, a lot of admiration for it. I thought it was great. I thought she did a great job. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does at Survivor Series. I'm imagining that there is going to be some chicanery at Survivor Series. My my dream scenario of... Well, I guess she could still do it. Natty was on my show uh, this week on Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. And I told her my dream scenario, and she laughed. But my dream scenario... She didn't tell me what was going to happen at Survivor Series. But my dream scenario of... of Natalia playing the the Tanya Harding spoiler of this women's Survivor Series team is still, still something that I want to see happen. Um, And I think it's genius, uh, if I do say so myself. So we'll see. We'll see what happens at Survivor Series. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Not Sam. You can also follow Jim and Sam Show on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Jim and Sam Show, where we will be posting uh, our interview with Natalia, and you're not going to want to miss that. There's all kinds of wrestling stuff there. There's also all the stuff we do on the show, uh, interview with Joe Buck, interview with Billy Bob Thornton, all stuff literally going up every day, as well as on the YouTube channel, Not Sam. So check out both channels, and we'll see you next week in a post-Survivor Series world. By the way, I'm, I'm bummed because I'm literally, as I'm recording this, I'm going to hit stop, I'm going to get in the car, and I'm headed directly to an NXT show here in New York. They're running an NXT house show at the theater in Madison Square Garden. And I'm bummed that it didn't happen yesterday. I'd love to give you a full report on it. But I am gonna go, I haven't gone to it yet. I'm going to it right now. So uh, uh, tweet me and remind me if you want to hear my thoughts on it next week. Uh, and I'll share that with you as well as my thoughts on Survivor Series. We'll have a great guest. You're going to love next week's show almost as much as you love this week's show. And before I go, before I go, don't forget to get your side hustle on. Sign up to drive with Uber and earn extra cash whenever you want. It's totally flexible. You're your own boss, and you can cash out up to five times a day with no minimum amount required. Sign up today at uber.com slash drive now. That's uber.com slash drive now. All right, goodbye for real this time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at Nutsam on Twitter, Instagram,
1: Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.